You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. Thank you. There you go. Thank you. See, that wasn't so hard. <laughs> it's just Gary knows this. It's a prerequisite. 100%. We don't hit record unless someone sings. So we all just okay. sit at the table, awkward, <laughs> 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 until we get going. Welcome to the show, guys. Uh, it's show number 300. We have something a little special to do. Uh, that's why you're here. How do you want to talk or how do you want to say, how do we want to talk about this? I don't understand. Well, uh, we let the elephant out of the room, right? We're here. So well, I mean, that's the reason why Movember, Movember and, right? and the uh, breast cancer or the cancer uh, ribbon is there. Cancer is around all of us, right? Yes, so yes. it's uh, something we should talk about and spread the word about. So um, many people who know me or know what I've gone through, I'm a survivor. Uh, my dad, my mom, we've all gone through it. So it's something that hits home. It, family. It, it hits home. It hits everybody. And it's part of construction. Everybody you talk to, someone has it or someone has been through it, or someone has passed through it. So um, the handlebar there, that thing yeah, there. Yeah, November. Not, you not do it every year? Uh, you know what? I actually just uh, started it last year uh, after my dad uh, battled the prostate yeah. cancer. Um, routine surgery, almost put him six feet under. So uh, it's, you know, it's close to home. Uh, breast cancer was my mom a year ago too. Yeah. And we had a scare with my wife here, Carrie. And uh, so, you know. It's something around all of us. So thank you for coming in. We're gonna have a we're gonna have an interesting show, something a little different. But I do want to do the shout out. So Gary, obviously from Mayor's Carpentry, at Mar Mayor's Carpentry, and what else is there a website? Yeah, no, nope. there's oh, no it's just IG. Just IG. You're on IG. If you want to tag them during any kind of coffee posting, apparently a lot of coffee <laughs> posting has been going on. That's about it lately. Yeah. <laughs> then we have Carrie, your wife here. So mystical clothing and apparel. Yes. Okay. And then on IG, it's mystical.ca. Uh, yes. And then email is clothingmystical at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Cool. So uh, I've got your lid on. That's what I'm Appreciate sporting it. right now. Thank you. Uh, I do want to do just a, a brief shout out to Mike Strickland there because I know that I just mentioned to you, uh, he reached out with a message and he was asking me which um, trim, trim guys to, to follow. Um, why did I lose him now? All of a sudden I lost him. Ah, this is frustrating. There it is. Okay, so it's uh, Mike Striker129. He's an avid listener. Uh, he's building in Costa Rica, and he wants to know about some guys to uh, to follow, some trend guys. You want to recommend somebody? Obviously, yeah. Mayor's Carpentry. Yeah, we got, we, got, yeah <laughs> we got myself and my old man. Yeah, if you want the old school uh, way. Old school, new school. Yeah, we got, uh, we got Wicklow Carpenter, Aaron, great guy, yep. worked with them. We got Frank from uh, Carpenter on Site. Oh, yeah. All right. We also got... Um, no, Andrew. Andrew. Uh, <laughs> I was like, like Andrew. Preet. No, my neighbor is Frank Preet. That's why I came okay. Frank, but it's Andrew. Yeah. Sorry, my yeah. bad. Sorry, Andrew. Um, we got Fabio also. Fabio, Fabio Andrade. Uh, FNA. FNA. Yeah. And we uh, we got Joe. Unique. Joe, uh, unique. And uh, there's uh, we got uh, Laz also from Mesht. M-E-S-T-R-E. -E. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a lot of guys out there, like um, even... Um, Oh my goodness! When I come up with this, I go blank now. 
Well, there's a lot of, yeah, you just got to, and I think if and you one go to your page. Another. You got Casey Nips also ex- another good Yeah, exactly. Amazing. So if you start following one, everybody's kind of following each other. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of great that everyone's doing that and supporting each other. So, Mike, there you go. Uh, we answered that question, moving along. And uh, uh, how old are you, man? Uh, my wife says I'm 44. Okay. So, <laughs> so that means it's correct. <laughs> yeah. I, I lost count after 20. When Okay, so do you want to walk us through, uh, I guess, how you first discovered well, yeah, well, yeah, like, life was great, man. Life was going amazing. I was 23 years old. I was that young. I was with my now wife. Um, got married. We got married in 03, and, uh, June of 03. And uh, I was already feeling pressure on my chest. Uh, going to bed, I would, like, wake up feeling like I was out of breath. Pressure on my chest. And I used to keep saying something, something's up. I used to be athletic. I used to be healthy. Well, healthy. I used to smoke, but I never, I didn't ever, I never drank. Smoking was my bad habit. Um, nothing, not even vino. Not no, nothing. No, no vino. Just water. I used to. Dr- I'm surrounded. Well, iced tea. Yeah, iced tea. And I'm surrounded by non-alcoholics, no. man. At that point, at that time. Oh, okay. Now we're, now we're <laughs> now, drinking. Now we're, <laughs> now we're drinking. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. Yeah, it was like life was grand. I found you know the love of my life. I had met her when we were like twelve or. 12 or 13 when we first met our fathers really? our fathers used to work together okay. they were partners and so I, even before high school sweetheart kind of thing we yeah it was yeah, we, we were known each other since we were kids yeah wow so you know i used to tease her brother at work that you know one day i'd be sitting at the table having dinner with them and he would like <laughs> cuss me out saying ah, never gonna happen and uh <laughs> then you know i had you know we all have our experiences with boyfriends and girlfriends at the time and we did our rounds and uh one day i told her dad i go because she had walked by one of our sites. Uh, we were actually doing the Novera Bakery down on Dovercourt and Bloor. And, uh, oh, I know exactly. Where yeah. yeah, so we were doing that when we used to do all of them. And um, she walked by and it caught my attention. And I was like, wow, I go, that's Albano's daughter. So then as a joke, I, said, I went up to him because we were working <laughs> together at the time. Cause she came in to say hi. So I said, hey, if I date your daughter, would you be upset? <laughs> and what did he say? He goes, I gave her, I fed her the best I'm not going to give her to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thank you. We'll work on that. <laughs> and uh, we did. And I set up a family uh, vacation. My mom wanted to do a family vacation because I was, you know, working all the time and I was traveling, whatever. So we did a family vacation and uh, she came along. And uh, it took, what, two, three days? And uh, Where'd you guys go? Went out to Veridera, Cuba. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the parents went down to Havana and all the kids stayed behind at the beach. And uh, that's where we uh, connected. Nice. And from there, we dated a, a year. About, yeah. Went about, back, yeah. Went so that was year. back in 2001? Uh, yeah, 2000, yeah. 2001. Went back to Cuba. I proposed on the beach. Nice. And then asked for the ring back the same night. <laughs> <laughs> you want to leave that part out? Nope, nope. Okay. Because the following night we had a dinner planned where I had the pianist play and oh, everything. And okay. I did it properly in front of the parents. Got so it. she had the chance to back out, which was, you know, <laughs> risky on my part. Really risky. Uh, thankfully she didn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything went well. And we came back, planned our wedding. Yeah. And did our, our bridal shower. We had our, we had our bridal shower in April and Easter. And then from then on in is when I started feeling not myself. The, the pressure? Pressure. 
faintness. Like I was just feeling weird, just not and myself. And you didn't, you didn't think anything of it. I, well, I started thinking I'm not myself, right? So, right away you start like, oh, it's you know stomach issues or whatever, like something like that. Uh, even went to some other like a doctor, and you know they, uh, you know those what do you call those things? And uh, like a, Uncolic. I wouldn't say like a natural path, but one of those oh, like natural, one, you know, like not like Usuanton. You know, got it. That guy. Okay, and you know, we'll put subtitles up for the non-Portuguese there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you know, he sees a. They show him a picture of you know this is my you know my my nephew or my son or whatever. Is anything wrong with him? And he goes, oh yeah, he's you know stomach problems. I'm like stomach problems. So I started going on. What did I started doing? Like uh, some relaxing for the stomach or whatever to try to ease because i was getting like tight my, my i felt my stomach yeah, tight. you start getting yeah, yeah anxiety right so you start getting anxiety like i was getting acid reflux okay so then how old are you you're 20 i was 22 23 yeah wow okay and um yeah 20 no no 25 at the time we were just no sorry 25 yeah, i was a 25 and um doing that and nothing was happening and pressure still on my chest that night and Go to the doctor. You're fine. Do this test. You're fine. Everything's fine. You're stressed. Fine. You're stressed. Yeah, you stressed. You bought a house. Were they yeah. falling back to your young age and thinking this can't be really anything because that's, of your young age? That's back. You're think, yeah, we're talking 2005 right now. And but I'm talking about the doctors. Were they yeah, think yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's 2005. So it wasn't for our, our society because we didn't have social media back then. Yeah. So we weren't aware of how big this is how much it affects everybody it doesn't it doesn't matter your color your age ethnicity it doesn't matter we're all unfortunately we're we're everyone we're, we're a target basically yes. yeah um and it was just stress you're stressed because you know you bought a house you're got married got married yeah or you're getting married right so it was like all that stress and i'm like listen i'm not stressed i go my wife is great my job is steady I have money for bills. I'm not stressed. I go, what I'm stressed about is how I feel. Because I was a guy who, you know, go out, work all day, party all night, work all day, party all night. You know, I had no problem. I used to drive downtown to Toronto every day from Mississauga to go see her, spend time with her. We're like when we were dating, I felt great. And then it was just shortly after our, our, our wedding shower, things changed. And uh, I was persistent with the doctors and doctor over and over again. You're stressed. How many times did you go to the doctor? Like how were what period oh, of time? I would say every what couple of th two, three weeks or so. Yeah, like he was consistent. Like he was on it. Yeah. Like he wasn't feeling good. He went to the doctor. Did you feel dismissed by the doctor? Well, yeah, I was getting really pissed. And it, you know, but the thing is, they gave me. Uh, all the tests to go do. I did CAT scans. I did MRIs. I did. Uh, I even had like a couple, you know, inside people at Toronto Western. I got in like quick, just and to check me they, out. They and didn't find anything. Nothing was showing up. He was prescribing any medication? No, no, we didn't do any medication. No, but none of the nothing pain was right. changing. Nothing no, it was, was dissipating. It, was, it, it's, it felt like I was only at night. So they were pushing it to anxiety and kind of thing, right? And. It probably no. It might have been. It might have. I might have brought this on myself with the anxiety. I don't know, right? Like that's mental health is huge. We don't know, and mm -hmm. if we start thinking negative, negative will come, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why we got to try to push a positive vibe, positive this. But if it's bound to be, it's bound to be. So we did that, and 
you know, whatever, uh, went away on vacation. Let's, let's unwind. That I had done an x-ray prior. You leaving? To, to us leaving. Mm -hmm. Just a regular chest x-ray that I had um, pretty much threatened my family doctor. I showed up at the office and I said, listen, I'm having trouble breathing at night. I wake up, you know, gasping like I'm gonna die, like I feel it. I go, something's up and I'm not leaving until I get another appointment. Because he was like, you can't do more chest x-rays. I go, something is up. So you've already done a series of chest x-rays? I've done chest x-rays. I've done cat scans. Cat scans. Everything. I did everything. Nothing's being... Nothing had showed up at that time. Okay. So we go away to Dominican. We tried Dominican this time. Uh, it was just us and my family. So my brother and my parents. And uh, time of our life, we had one of the best vacations ever. And it was just a great unwind. It was beautiful. And we get back and I have a message on my thing that I have to come in and see the doctor. And I was like, okay, I hope maybe we got something now. So we went in, or I went in. And uh, they're like, uh, there's something that showed up on your x-ray. We're going to send you to a specialist. So I said, okay, good, we got something. What was showing up on the x-ray? Well, they didn't tell me at that time. Okay. They said it had to be, it was going to be taken to a lung specialist because they said. It was like cloudy. Yeah, it was cloudy. They saw something around the lung. And I was like, ah, great. I used to smoke. And right away I was like, smoking got me. And I, I said I would never smoke. I, I, I pride on that. My dad hates it. My parents hate it. You know what I mean? So I said I wouldn't do it too. And I fell into it. How many years did you smoke? I was, I started at the age of 17, so a good eight, nine years okay. there. Um, and uh, so I was like, wow, okay, here we go. So we get to the specialist. Oh, sorry, the specialist was after, no. So I had known that the specialist was going to call me before we went on holiday, sorry. And then when we came back, the specialist said, yeah, come in and see me. So I'm thinking, well, nothing to it. Down at Sherway, down Trillium. And I, you know, she was working. She's still, she's a hairstylist, still is. So she was working that night. And I said, okay, I'm going to go see the specialist. And she got home by the time I got to the thing. And uh, I walk in and this guy casually goes, uh, Gary, um, you're 25, right? I'm like, yeah. So I give all my information. He goes, okay, um, what I'm going to tell you is going to be a little bit of a shocker. And I'm like, so right away, you know, you start feeling... Anxious. Anxious. And he goes, um, you have a, a cyst on your lung. And I'm like, a what? And he goes, yeah, you have a cyst growing on your lung three centimeters by nine. By nine? Going across your lung. And I'm like, okay. I go, that explains the pressure I'm feeling. He goes, we're going to have to remove your ribs in order to get to that cyst. And I'm like, what do you mean? But are we not gonna find out what, what this is? He goes, well, it's a cyst, so we're gonna remove it. And I'm like, okay, but why don't we do a biopsy? He goes, well, if you wanna do a biopsy, we could do a biopsy. I said, oh, well, I think we should do a biopsy and see what it is. Why doesn't he wanna do a biopsy? Because they were a cyst. I'm a young guy. I had cysts before, like benign cyst or whatever, right? So they said, it's just a cyst. Okay. So we book a biopsy, go in for that biopsy, pick, 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 and within a week. No, that, that appointment 
uh, we did that biopsy and we suggested to get a second opinion. We're like, we what, want well, a second opinion. Well, once I got the biopsy. So yeah, what was the assessment of the well, biopsy? The biopsy was, uh, I went in again, I'm thinking, well, you know, nothing to it. They're just gonna, and he goes, um, you have cancer and you probably have about six months left to live. And I was like, great. Thanks for sharing. This is the specialist. This is the same specialist. And I'm like, um, so what it would like, I'm like, okay, so that's, you know, I'm 25, just been married a year and a half. Uh, we were planning to start a family. Uh, and I'm like, uh, you know, this girl doesn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. I go, I don't care about me. I care more about her. I go, she had, you know, the Portuguese style upbringing, right? So I wanted to give her everything. And that happened, and I was like, okay, that's um, a shit kicker. So what ended up happening, um, he goes, we'll book a, we'll, he goes, we'll book a surgery, and we'll go in and remove it, and hopefully prolong a little bit. So based on his experience, the size of the cyst, yeah. and your age, he determined you only had X amount of time? Well... See, I, 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 back in the day, I used to read up, but I just, I still don't, I still struggle with reading the facts because I was very lucky. Ewing sarcoma is very aggressive. Um, it attacks, and when it does, it usually spreads very quickly um, because it's an aggressive form of uh, tumor, right? So that was based on facts. Um, you don't survive Ewing sarcoma. It is one of the, it's very aggressive. So, you know, so I remember getting in my car, leaving leaving the, the office, getting in my car, pretty much bawling the whole way up to our place, up Eglinton. Uh, and uh, I get home and she goes, uh, what's up? And I go, uh, I have six months to live. <laughs> and she was like, what? And I go, yeah. And uh, life changed. It was all about fear. Like, but I slept that night. I slept every other night from then on in. Because you knew? I knew, but at the same time I was in disbelief. I couldn't believe it. But I also had her support where she was saying, we'll get through this. We don't know how, we'll get through this. So I told him, I go, well, before my surgery, I want you to send in my results to Princess Margaret. Because at the time, that was and still is the leading hospital. I go, oh, they're really busy, and you know, you know, we're we're Peel. That's Toronto. You're, you know, you're Peel. I'm said, you send my stuff to Princess Margaret. Why are they so resistant? It's politics. We're all numbers. I think we're all numbers here. Like we're all human, but we're all numbers. So I just want to ask you: from the time that you started feeling the pain to the time that you actually found out, how much of a time has elapsed there now? About a year and a minute. About that, yeah. Yeah, about a year. Yeah. Is it fair to say that that cyst grew quite rapidly during that course of the year? It, it did. did. It did. Because when he, when we went to Princess Margaret to meet up with the the doctor that deals with... That was another... Yeah, but that's before the, that, yeah. The wing sarcoma. Yeah, so we had let it go. Yeah, so it grew. Like, we don't know when it started or how it started mm-hmm. or how long. But... Finally, we had booked a, a sur- well, they had booked the surgery. So I went to go see the surgeon for Toronto, uh, Trillium. Trillium. 
really? on Queensway there. Yeah. Uh, so another uh, surgeon, and I had to go for the post-op or pre-op, whatever you go for. And I go in, and, you know, he goes, well, you know, I'm just going to go in, you know, we'll put you on the table, break your ribs or cut your ribs, take out the, the cyst, and, you know, you'll be just recovering kind of thing. And I'm like, but if it's a cancer, I want to see a cancer. Like, I want, you know, send it into Princess Margaret. He goes, well, your files have been sent in, but, you know, the surgery must proceed. Chemo will come after. And I said, okay, whatever. It is what it, it is. It didn't right? make sense. It, like, it, it didn't, didn't sit well. Sense. It didn't sit well. Mm-hmm. And, but you think this is, you know, we don't have the, re- we had internet, but, like, you're not having the social media. You're not having the people to come in and, you know, help out or talk to or get it. It was just, it was frustrating. It was. And, but at the same time, we carried on. We worked. Gone on with life, you know. You still went to work. You still, still had to, you still had to do it. You still had to do work, and then my 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 surgery was booked for a Tuesday. I remember the date, the, the days. It was booked for a Tuesday, mm-hmm. and I got a call the Wednesday of the week before. Uh, by the grace of God, by Doctor Blackstein, and he called me. He goes, um, "Congratulations to Mississauga. They found out. They diagnosed you properly." It is Ewing sarcoma. He goes, come see me. I'm, I deal with this. This is my field. Come see me Friday. So I went down with uh, my wife, and I brought my mom this time too. And we went down and um, met Dr. Blackstein. And uh, he goes, um, very, he was very, um, how do you say, cocky, arrogant. Just he, he knew he was good. <laughs> yeah, he just he's he's got such a reputation for Mount Sinai and Princess yes. Margaret. He's helped a lot of people prolong life, and ha- has been very successful. Did he didn't he didn't perform the surgery? No, he's just an oncologist. So he will. So he kind mixes the potions together to create longevity and help you be restful. And so he's an oncologist. Was he the first sign of positivity here? He was like, it, like, it, it, yeah. like it wasn't, like it wasn't like you're saved. No, no. but it, it was. was like a little he he bit was more. just straightforward. Yeah, he, he was, was very straightforward. I, the day that we were in that office, he just came in and he said, "Well, you have two options. Um, number one, you let you go to Trillium to do the operation, and uh, you'll be gone six months. In six right. months, six months you'll be dead. Be." It, it's done. It'll spread and it's so done. I was like, you made me come to Toronto for that. And you, then you go, your second option is uh, I take you under my wing and we will do the chemo, chemo surgery and then chemo after. And it kind of made sense to us. Because he goes, the chemo will hopefully shrink the tumor in order for us to do minimal work inside your body to remove it. And then another treatment of chemo clean up so it made sense and uh it, we didn't even talk i just looked at gary i looked at my mom and i looked at him and i said my life is in your hands do what you can do and uh he goes okay you'll get a couple calls next week I'll get you all set up and i'm like wow okay yeah we came up the the gardener and we were like you know i still had the the composure to drive and stuff you know what i mean like I had to do what I had to do, right? And uh, it came up, and uh, it was like, I don't know, we are like, wow, I'm 25, I'm going to do chemo. Like, everybody 
sick. Everybody pukes. Everybody gets weak. Everybody gets pale. You're, you're destroying your body. You're it's to it's destroy the the cancer. You have to destroy your body. Yeah. So to so then you had to come and start you know positive like thinking and you know you know I'm young. I'm I was fit. I used to be really fit, skinny but fit. Sorry, what, what time of year was this? Like when? Did so I went in on May to go see him. Uh, last, uh, second last week of May that we went in of uh, 2005. Uh, first week of June, uh, second week of June, I started my chemo. So in the back of your head, you're not even going to make it to Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Well, I didn't. Even, to be honest, I didn't even. We just like, took it day by day. We didn't even think that far ahead. Like I didn't even <laughs> think what was. I just. I was like, I can't leave her now mm-hmm. like you know this she doesn't deserve this and um what ended up happening uh the very next week the monday or yeah monday it was monday monday his office called me saying you're don't worry about your surgery it's canceled um which was on the tuesday right it goes your surgery is canceled um you have because we had spoken about family so now you got to think it's going to kill everything in me so i had to go and bank my sperm and that for me was like, I was like, wow, like I'm really doing this. I was, you know, and then I, I, whatever it is that I have to do, I got to do it. So he goes, you got a bone scan. Uh, he did a bone scan, bone density scan, a CAT scan. He had all this booked within In one week. One week. And I was like, amazing. Like, so what ended up happening is he saw me as a lottery ticket because what I had is very rare because it usually happens in adolescence. So your teenage years. And it's usually in the joints, your knees, elbows, mm-hmm. and you don't know until you're in there. It's sad what you see and what we didn't see because we didn't have the means of seeing it. Is this from smoking though? Or is it anything connected with smoking? It's, ge- it's genetic. That's it's, all it, it is. It's genetic. Just gen- hereditary. Because he said, he goes, do you have anybody in your family that has, there's two kinds, there's the brother and the sister of this cancer and he didn't even think of anybody and i said you have a cousin that had when she was two years old and kidney in the kidney so So it 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 just connected and he's like it's 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 in the family did she survive and that's what oh yeah that's what started pushing the positivity i was like yeah she's like 40 40 now like she was she's older than me by three years right so i'm like yeah she's 30 like she's older like now like she's a mom she's everything like it's great yeah. and this is you know back in this was back in like the late 80s uh mid 80s that she did this or whatever it was right no 70s when she did that so i was like and she's still here so okay we could start you know positive start thinking positive and um so we did all and then it was you gotta go bank and i was like uh babe i'm gonna go play with myself at a at a thing so we went together for the first time Went down, down to university there. And the amount of couples that are in this place is unbelievable. And this is, we're talking 05. I can't even imagine how many are there now. It was. For a variety of reasons, right? It's just. Can't have families. Yeah. Right? So stress or whatever, like. So that's another thing. It's the, the stress that it brings on to you. And you see all this stuff. It's incredible. So we were there. I was there at 7 o'clock in the morning to go play with myself, to, to try to have children because I was told everything would be wiped out. There was, if you come out of it, there's, you got nothing. 
I'm like, so even if you survive it, you're gonna lose. Here, you have nothing. Like it kills you, pretty much. I'm like, wow, okay. Like this is getting better and better. Like every every appointment we go to, kind of thing, right? So I had to go bank. I had to go three times. I think so. Yeah, I went three times to go get it, so that way you have you know your stuff banked, and then you pay a fee to to bank it, right? And then he goes, well, you're starting your chemo June. It was second week of June. And we're like, here we go. But I felt not scared. I felt like relieved. Relieved, yeah. Like it was. <laughs> let's do this. Let's let's figure this out. There's a purpose. Yeah. So and I don't know this doctor. He just gave me that vibe, like he was good. And uh, we went in, and you know, you do your blood work, you check your counts, and then he goes, okay, you're ready. You got. So they had like a, a room like this, and you have your own room. They had four units and you had your own room uh, and you have a 24 hour nurse around you um, to, to serve you, to give you your, your meds and you know care for you and whatnot. And uh, so we go in and um, it was a Filipino doctor, Jose, um, or a nurse, or, and he was like, uh, I'm here to take care of you. I'm like, okay, great. I go, you're my new buddy. So let's have fun. And... Uh, Another, there was another gentleman in the room who looked, you know, looked like he had just been through it kind of thing. And he has, and he was there for his follow-up appointments. And his name go, is Gene Chirillo. He used to play, he was goalie for the London Knights. Okay. And he got this tumor behind the eye. So big thing too, uh, OHL goalie, you know what I mean? And now, you know, you're having these migraines or whatever. And so he got treated by Dr. Blackstein. And this is, he goes, this was the second year or third year that he was following up now. Mm -hmm. And um, so he sees me, young guy. I had my tan and everything. And well, no, I had my tan. When we took out the bone marrow, I lost my tan. I had to do bone marrow uh, remove extraction. That was probably the most painful thing I've ever felt in my life. I lost my tan in three seconds. Because <laughs> they go in and you just go white. Huh? Yeah, you, yeah. So yeah, it was bad. And like my shirt got completely drenched with the pain of that thing. It's different now, they say, right? But at that time, I went through that. That was my first experience of pain. So that happened, and um, so this guy comes around, and he goes, uh, it's your first day? Because he saw all my bags and stuff, right? And uh, I go, uh, yeah. He goes, can I tell you something? I'm like, fire away, man. I've heard everything already. He goes, this, is, this was my room. I'm like, okay, that's a good sign. He goes, I came in just like you, young, fit, um, you look like you're confident. I was confident. The guy in the next room wasn't. And the nurse hooked him up first. And he started puking. I'm like, ah, great. Thanks. And he goes, when the nurse came over to my room, when she was done with him, I told her, whatever you gave him, I don't want it. I don't want it. And she goes, I just hooked up the water. He's just puking because it's water. And he goes, it's mind over matter. He goes, if you fear it, it'll get you. He goes, it was just water. He goes, remember that. At that time, Jose was walking by the room. I go, Jose, whatever you bring in here, whatever bag, call it a beer. Corona, Budweiser, whatever you want. Don't tell me what it is. No problem, partner, no problem. Bring some limes if you can. Too. Yeah, that's it, right? <laughs> like, do what you gotta do. And, and that stuck with me. And I was like, okay, here it is. 
So sure enough, I didn't know when I was getting chemo, when I was getting kidney protection, or when I was getting sodium. After a while, you start to read, but the first day you don't want to see it, right? And, you know, hook up the IV. I had to do a, a port cat so they put in the catheter in there, whatever, hooked up to the neck. And we did that. And, you know, it's going in, and she's there by my side, and you feel anything? No. Feel it? No. I'm hungry. What do you want to eat? Whatever. Let's eat something. Okay, eat something. So I'm hooked up, lying in bed, and I'm eating. She had shaved my head prior. Yeah, had shaved my head yes. prior because we're like, if the hair is going to fall off, let's shave it or whatever, you know, not to make a mess kind of thing. I used to have the hair slicked back. And, mm, you know, I've it, seen the pictures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're all young ones. Yeah, yeah, we all had hair back then. So, yeah, so it was, um, I had to stay there one night on my first chemo, Monday, and then you go home Tuesday. So the chemo, it's, it's just a bag or two, depending on what your thing is, or three. It depends on what regimen your doctor provides you that he sees fit. Most of the days you're getting fluids is to flush it out. So it goes in and you flush out. So you're, you know, you're, you're hooked up, but you could, you know, I could walk free. I went out for smokes and did everything because my oncologist said, you smoke? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, you might want to stop that. But he told me not to change my lifestyle though. He goes, think positive, don't change your lifestyle. That was part of my lifestyle. And I used to drive by the hospital and say, look at those idiots smoking. And I was one of them. Mm-hmm. But it kept me going. And, you know, like, I did that. So then you, the Tuesday, we go home. I didn't puke. I didn't do nothing. You know, everything was great. I had my appetite. I was like, okay, that's how we got to go through this. We're going we're gonna to do this. And we went home, and you do a three-week at home. I went to work. Um, I had to work because, you know, you apply for sick benefits or whatever, and you don't you only get a couple, ten weeks or whatever it was at that time or whatever. So it was like, yeah, no, I got to work now. So just got to be careful. Can't get cut because my blood levels go low. So, and for my dad, it was, we were at our busiest point. We were one of our busiest points there. We had three big custom homes going. One of them was for uh, Jason Spence's father. Mm -hmm. We were doing his house. We had another prominent lawyer that we were doing his house all in Cherry. We had to get help. And like, it was was just the wrong time for work for this to happen. And, you know, my dad, I'm with him pretty much 18 hours of the day. And now I'm in a hospital bed. Kind of thing, and it's like, you know, she's at home doing hairstyling. Like life just got flipped upside down, big time. And uh, you go home for the three weeks, and you come back, and it was my second second round, same room. Now that room is mine. It's dedicated to me for me to use every time I go. And but first you do an X-ray, so you go in, and you get your forms up at the the clinic. And then you go down to the the, the X-ray room, and it's like. You get fast-tracked because you have oncology on your thing because they know clinics running. So people are there for three, four hours, and I get down there. I'm not looking pale yet, but I get down there and like, yeah, go right in. And people start, hey, hey, hey. I'm like, hey, do you want what I have? I'll give you my option. I'll give you my spot. I go, because what I'm getting checked out for, you don't want it. So, and you go in, you get your x-ray, go back up. Okay, your blood levels are great. You're ready to get the, the next round. I'm like, okay, great. It's good news, but at the same time, bad news, because now I was staying in the hospital for a week because I had two different treatments going on. So I did a two-day treatment, and then I did a five-day treatment, or a one-day treatment, and then a five-day treatment. So from Monday to Saturday, I'd be there, and she's at home going to work, coming down. My parents would come down every day, or you know, they'd come down 
friends would come by, family, her brothers would come, my in-laws would come, bring me food, lunch, everything. I never ate hospital food. That was another thing that my oncologist told me. Don't eat the food here, it'll kill you. <laughs> so I became, I was full of energy. I was, I was live. You could have, I was, the nurses <laughs> loved me. <laughs> was the pain in the chest I, I had no pain. I had oh. no pain, Manny. I was right. fantastic. My concern was, let's get this. I didn't believe it. And uh, I felt great. Like, did I... I don't remember. I, uh, the nights were like, why me? How did this happen to me? Like, you know, I did nothing wrong to nobody. You could sleep? I was sleeping, but I had the machine beside me clicking all the time. Could you sleep, Gary? Oh. Not really, huh? No. No. We used to talk at night. Like there, I, we would, um, I would stay in the hospital for a couple of days then because I used to have like two days off in the week. And I would take it together. So like that, I would go downtown, stay with him for two days. Then after I would go back, come up, and he's still in the hospital. So I would next day go to work and stuff and, and getting stuff ready before he comes home. Like, you know, the cleaning and stuff because everything has to be disinfected and all that stuff. And it, it was just a moving progress. Like there was no time to think. There was no time... To be like, I would, I would say to worry. Like there was no, it was a go 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 go. And plus, around that time, I got a promotion at work, so I was learning new things at work and dealing with this. And it was like, now I think about it, and I was like, I don't know how I did it. I, I really don't. Choose a rock. So, yeah. So it's, it's uh. It was just, okay, what's today? We got to do it, and that's it. Yeah. There was no, nothing to, we just wished for good news yeah. all the time. Yeah, she was cold in emotion. Like, she was strong. She never showed me weakness. Like, it was, whatever she went through at home, in the car, she never showed me. When she was there, it was for us to enjoy each other's company, um, Push forward, how you feeling? You know, and I was great. There was two times that I cried. The first time was when he got when we got the news directly from Doctor Blackstein. He was doing a physical and stuff, and I was outside, and that's when I just lost it. The second time, um. When you see family, you start breaking out and breaking down and stuff. And we went to, I remember I went to church. We went to church and we came out and then uh, I couldn't hold it. Like I couldn't hold it in. And, uh, and of course I start, I remember that. I start crying and, uh, and I remember his words. Like I remember so clearly, like he came, he goes, you guys are acting like I'm dead. Yeah. And I said, that's it. And that's when I put a shield into my feelings. and Yeah, because it was a death sentence. I was given a death sentence. So anyone I'd seen knew, because I, was, I wasn't the first to deal with cancer. My uncle had it before me. He had like throat cancer, but it was like just a surgery, no chemo. I was the first one in the family to get chemo. And that had, back in 2005 was, you're done. You're getting chemo, you're done. And so... 
every person knew you saw, oh my God, oh my God, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm great. I'm probably better than you are right now. Did Blackstein ever give you the six month window? If I went to Trillium. That's, the only, had that's, that's the, the, only that's the only time, time. that he ever said. That's mm-hmm. the only time. But all the other doc, like the other. That's the only time he gave me that when that time was referring to the other doctors. Okay. And so when we started, when I went for my first x-ray, the tumor had shrunk. It's a good sign. It was a great sign. And that's what kept it going. And uh, so we did that one week thing where I had, this, I'll never forget, it's a, a, a chemo called doxorubicin. So it's injected into you from a needle and it's like red, like a cherry red. And Maria, who was the head nurse, she was a blessing. Like it was family. They were amazing there, the whole staff. Um, and she would, you know, lie down on my bed. Okay, honey. Okay. Lie down. We're going to give you a little bit of, you know, Kool-Aid. And it'd be like, she'd just be there and it's like a slow push injection. And that's it. But you don't feel anything. And she goes... She goes, you're okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And then all of a sudden you could see that I'm starting getting flush. Like this one would make me flush. And I was like, wow, like you feel hot. And she goes, and I'm like, and you're getting all these fluids. You get pumped up with all the sodium, all the kidney protection, bladder protection, all this stuff. You're getting pumped up all the time. You're hooked up. And I'm like, uh, Maria, I got to go to the washroom. She goes, don't be alarmed. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, you're going to pee red. I'm like, what? And like, this is like, she just injected me kind of thing and i went and you're pissing red and i was like wow like my life what's going on here and it was like a strong potent smell like poison basically you, you could smell it and it was like wow this is this is life like this is you know i have to do this another five times apparently or four times sorry and i was like okay let's we got to do it and so second week come home again three week window but you're taking other medications uh, to boost your stuff, drinking a lot of water and stuff. But my appetite was fantastic. Eating. I'm putting on weight. A lot of it to do with the fluids. Yeah. Other was... All the takeout. <laughs> takeout at, yeah, takeout, yeah, takeout at the hospital. But her and, cooking at home is phenomenal. So, <laughs> like, it's... She's everything. And it's what it is. It's like, I was putting on weight. So, at, you know, you go for the third one. I did the two-day thing again. And home, everything was great. You know, nice. Now you're getting the results where I was getting the results. The tumor was shrinking, but at the same time, it's like I'm here at the hospital again. So it's starting to wear on me. And this is, you know, we're going into. This was already August, July. So you're two months into it. We had with yeah with the with the with the chemo working. We had scheduled a surgery. Because we do the time slot. So if no blood counts change, if I go in schedule, we had a schedule, uh, a, a surgery booked at Toronto General with Dr. Johnson, uh, American doctor who is absolutely another blessing. Um, but we went in. So my, my uh, surgery was booked for October 12th, 2005. So just after Thanksgiving. So like two months before this due date thing. Yeah, exactly. So now life is prolonging because chemo is working and it's shrinking, right? So, but that's that's also to give you momentum because I had other people with me there that were no longer there. And then they say, oh, they, you know, shift got changed, blood work wasn't well, so they stayed home an extra week or whatever, right? And it was a young guy in, with his, in the knee. And um, he was like, 
no longer there kind of thing. And it was like, so how do we miss dates and stuff? And nobody told me anything. Because his mom used to come see me and always like, why are you so happy? Because he was very depressed, right? And you're always happy. You're always ordering food. You know, the nurses, what are you having for dinner today? I go, uh, beef a casa. I go, my brother-in-laws are bringing it. Or my dad will bring it. You know, like, I always had food. Good food. Sometimes we used to order food for us and the nurses. And we'd all sit in my room and we'd all, you know, eat. Like, it was a party. Where I had Dr. Blackstein one day came to me. He goes, you have to look sick. You're making it weird. <laughs> right? And I was like, he loved it, though. He loved it. But so he, so I started becoming like a poster child for him. Because I wasn't your typical chemo patient. And it was giving me that vibe. I was, I, I wanted that. I wanted that positivity. I wanted the change. I wanted to try to bring something different. And we did it. And then we went and things, you know, same thing. Then I went for the, the one week and we're coming across to October. And my surgery's coming up. And it's Thanksgiving. Marked the one year anniversary of my grandfather passing away. And I was like, um, still smoking. And I couldn't have a cough or anything so all my 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 tumor had shrunk almost to uh to nothing yeah almost to nothing like one i think it was one to th one by three like it had shrunk oh. and i was like okay incredible you guys still removing ribs yeah we have to remove whatever it has affected so the ribs thing. were infected it was they didn't know 100 percent until know. they went inside yeah. So, so they had to be, he had to be open yeah. to exactly find out exactly yeah. what. So we went in blind. We didn't know what was going on. X-rays are showing like, you know, it shrinking kind of thing, but we don't know what actually it touched inside until they go in. So I remember clearly we had a family over, her family, my family, and because it's Thanksgiving, could be the last supper because it was a five-hour surgery. Who knows what's going to happen? Um. And uh, so we did a thing, and on my way to go pick up the food, uh, I started, like, I was coughing, I started to feel bad, and I was like, and I was, you know, in my car, having a cigarette, pale, bald, no eyebrows, no nothing. Um, which, shout out to a lot of my buddies, Poker Nights, it was awesome, they supported me, because I had no no expression, so I won a lot of pots, and that's what, <laughs> that's what paid the bills. <laughs> so it was good, and we, she played, it was it was awesome. But, you know, I'd go there, throw out the cigarette, and I throw out that pack of cigarettes, I'm like, stupid, done. Done, mark it on the anniversary of my grandfather, October 10th. And pick up the food, we all have, you know, a somber kind of lunch thing, and um, then we go in for my surgery, October 12th. First thing in the morning, get down there for 7.30, 8 o'clock, and I say goodbye. And in we go. It was Carrie and my mom. My dad was working down in the beaches. Big job that we had down there. He Work. That was his release. It was work. It's typical man thing. Work. Work, no feelings, I'm good. Right? I don't know what he felt out there. I he know, has feelings. You know what I mean? Like, I know he felt it. But it, that's his re release, right? Because he doesn't, he hates, he hated seeing me pale. It wasn't his son. It wasn't his helper. It wasn't his worker, right? It was tough. And um, and seeing him, I could see him hurt, right? But at the same time, it was like, you're not here. You're always working. He'd come down every night, drive down, but it was hurting him to see me. Um, so we did that. We did the surgery. And uh, I woke up. I remember waking up in the, the, re the recovery room. And I look over and I see some guy peeing, like, you know, in the, the, the bags, 
And, oh, no, first when I woke up, I was like, uh, did they touch my lungs? And she goes, no. I said, okay, I got a second chance. I won't touch smoking again. I go, I was worried about my lungs because I thought it was because of the smoking, right? And then I look over and I see a guy peeing and I'm like, oh, I got to pee too. She's like, you are. I'm like, I am. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. And then morphine kicks in and you go to ICU. So I was in ICU for a week. And the first, so of course now everybody, family comes down and sees, you know, this guy all hooked up. I was wired. I don't even know how many wires. I was hooked up. They had removed two and a half ribs from the spine to the sternum to the front. So five, six, and seven is what they touched. And um, but no lungs, and of course nerves. So I got like a, a numb nipple now on the right side. Fun, but I feel tingles all the time. I'm constantly numb. I'm constantly in pain. Um, and we did the ICU for a week. The first night I was there, I had a fever, and that's the worst thing you can get, uh, especially because you want to cough. And I had to cough and spit out all this chunk. And what my oncologist said: if you smoke, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, and it hurt. But I had another blessing of a nurse in there. She was a beautiful black woman, like bigger, bigger, you know, like a mama bear kind of thing. And she's like, honey, I'm going to make you cough because you're getting a fever. And I'm like, oh, no. And, and the blow, that the, you got to blow in that bubble to make it up, yeah. open up your lungs. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I like, come it's on. just pain. I, huh? I was in pain. I don't know, morphine. Like. And she's like, sweetheart, you're going to hate me now, but you're going to love me later. And she was there beside me and thing, blowing, blowing. And then, you know, the fever subsides a bit, right? And then, you know, I went to bed that night, and the next morning, the guy beside me was dead. And I was like, wow, like, this is crazy. Like, just, I remember clearly, just the blanket over, over the body, and you see, like, I'm there. I'm like, that was my first vision of, you know, someone dead beside me. I was like, literally, the next bed over. I told her, I'm like, this is crazy. I go, I don't know what's going on here. But we did it. And they're saying, you could go golfing within three months. I said, I'm going to give you golfing. But they try to push you, right? Within two days, they had me walking. Mm-hmm. Get out of the bed, start walking. Was there not still, there must have been a bunch of pain still. Oh, pain. I was, but the thing, you, you got chemo in you. So that's already Numbing. killed you completely. Yeah. So you don't know. I don't know what I was feeling. And then, uh, you know. One week in ICU, one week in recovery. Uh, general admission there at the hospital private room kind of thing where I'm still hooked up, pipes out of the back and fluid and drainage and whatnot. Down with the ass out and everything. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't hairy back then, so it was perfect. I was smooth <laughs> like butter. Baby's ass out the Baby's back. Baby's ass, that's what she said. She goes, I feel like I'm sleeping with a woman. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> It was good nights, good nights. But it was one of those things where it was like family comes see you People that you thought would come see you didn't. It's an eye-opener. Um, people you didn't expect there showed up. You get to see your circle when it counts. And it opened up a lot of eyes. Um, and then you, they send me off and she's got to take care of me at home for the next two weeks. Because guess what? I'm going back for chemo again. Within a week, right? Mm-hmm. I'm coming home. So I stayed another week on the couch at home, Pizza Nova. Bring me Pizza Nova because she had to work. My neighbors were a blessing. They'd come, Tim Horton's soup, coffee, whatever I wanted, right? They would take care of me also. And family, and you do your chemo. And I did another five rounds. These rounds hurt because now my body's not the same. Mm. And that's when she started to feel it. 
is throwing up. I would throw up. Started feeling down. It started to hurt. Like, I wasn't myself anymore. But push through. You had to push through it. And it was because of her. She was there all the time. All the time. And, and puking at home. Or, oh, it was... That's when the chemo thing came in. It was like, okay, but it's because the body was shot, right? Like, I did a five and a half or six hour surgery. It ended up being. Yeah, you're up. I was damaged. I was damaged. <laughs> damaged goods, pretty much, yeah. right? But at the same time. But they wanted your body to be damaged like that. So then the cancer yeah. could be so damaged. Exactly. exactly, yeah. So now the chemo now was a cleanup. So although my body's completely depleted, we're going to just try to rearrange your system and kill everything still. And we did that until February. So Halloween was great. Mr. Clean, I was fine. Great costume. <laughs> but <laughs> nurses loved it. Come to February, Valentine's. I still spent it there. The week of Valentine's. So. It was like, you know, Valentine's and I'm in the hospital. But it was the last week. So it was like, let's get out of here. So we got out. I got out February 23rd, I think it was. Was um, my last stint there. And I was like, they're like, you're free. Go home. And I'm like, wow, we did it. Like, we're in the clear. What are you? Because now that's all I think about. So we deal with it. I was on a three-month period where we had to come back every three months. Yeah, three for months. Checkups. So with with for checkups. For a year. With with, with then six months for a year. Yeah. Then it gets So longer, in, when longer. you go in your checkups, you're going in and you're going into a room where people are bawling. People are getting relapsed. The bad news. The first-time news. So it's nothing positive that you're in there until you get your news and you're great and you can walk out with, I don't, we didn't eat two days before. It's like the stomach, the knot, like, because I know what it felt like to get that news the first time. And I fear it the second time because of the tumor that it is, or it was, right? Were you not optimistic though that you guys missed the deadline? You passed well, the deadline. Yeah, that was great. But like it was, but that was a small victory. Uh, yeah, exactly, right? Because we've seen a lot of them go back in, back in, right? Uh, people that had got diagnosed the same day as me started the same day as me, getting the news on their first thing that it came back, and it was like, so this is only short term. Let's make the most of it. Get back to work. <laughs> so let's go back to work because we got to pay bills now. I've been a year, last what, four months or whatever, wasn't working. After my surgery, I couldn't work. I'd just get in the van. I'd go pick up, you know, material and whatnot just to get out of the house kind of thing. And my dad was like, you know, get out. You need it. And we did that. But, you know, it was life. It was now I'm, you know, ow, ow. You know, they give you the Percocets and all that stuff. I couldn't take that. I was like, I have, it didn't even do anything. The chemo was so bad. Like, didn't feel anything. So, nothing. It was just deal with it. Deal with it. Are you in pain? Yeah, 24 hours. So we did pain assessments. Does this hurt? Yeah, this hurts. What level? 10. Oh, does it feel any better? No, 10. Where was the pain? It's all along the, the rib side and then the shoulder. So all along here, right? So it's my right side, right? So it's yeah. my dominant side. It was like crazy. And, um, you know, then finally I get the all clear. Blood levels are all back up. Let's get back to work. I go back to work. First week, I get in a, a head-on car collision. I get sideswiped. The guy at a red light runs a red light, hits me into a building. So I lost my driver uh, steering column. So it was either a building, uh, four-inch pipelines, or the hydro box from the traffic lights. 
So on Dundas and Lansdowne, that little shooter skater there beside yeah, the yeah, 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 those those posts are there now, protecting the, the gas lines because of me, mm. because that accident knocked in. So now you know I'm half a body. So let me call the surgeon and check it out. Right, see what damage this accident did to my body because I hopped the sidewalk, hit the you thing. got bounced around. I got bounced around, you know, window splatter, whatever. So I go in, routine checkup right they're just gonna do an x-ray so okay bye hun have a good day let's go do an x-ray i go do an x-ray and the doctor does an x-ray and next thing you know i see doctors coming in uh or you gotta go to the or i'm like or he goes yep that catheter that's still in there for the future if it comes back has now dislodged and wrapped around your main artery or your vein um, from the accident. From the accident, apparently. And I was walking around. This was, what, for three, four days working? You know what I mean? I, I was okay. I was like, I don't know what happened. And they just panicked. And they're like, um, call your wife. And because we don't know if we're going to be able to unknot it. Because it could pinch you. Anyway. It could pinch. Like, when they pull, it could pinch. And I'm like, uh, what do you want me to tell my wife? They're just tell her I love you. Like, I'm like, so I call her. I, were you, I don't know if you were. I, I was in the hospital with you. That day? Yeah. Were you? Yes. Yes, okay. So you were. Because I had day. to call your parents. I had to call. Yeah. And so I was in the waiting room. And that's how messed up that day was. So, yeah. So she was there and it's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> apparently, I'm going for an operation right now. And the guy had to go with me awake, just local anesthetic, and he had to untie it, like, you know, untying a knot kind of thing. I had to stay awake to see if I go blue. So it, it was a, like a half hour, I think like 20, 20. Oh, it was longer than that. Well, no, the the actual procedure was like 26 minutes or whatever. And he's in there talking to me about golf and bunnies. And Were you asking about his shoelaces? I could care less. <laughs> I didn't even, it was, it was so bad. And you, I felt every little jab and poke and everything in here. And then it was, we got it. I'm like, okay, great, thanks. Like these scares were far from few. Like it was crazy. It is what it is, right? It's what people go through and nobody knows. I'm not the only one that has it. Everybody has gone through it, right? Like, and do that. So get out and you do your checkups every three months and six months. And, you know, and then you get your oncologist. Well, are you going to have children? Are you going to start doing children? I'm like, no. I go, I don't want to put her as a mom and a widow. I was always thinking about her. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I go, she's still young and beautiful and, you know, whatever, right? Like, live life if I don't have mine. So we, and we talked about it. We're not going to go kids. We, we're going to try to hold off and see what it is. And thank God it, we got to five years. Like, uh, after the first two years, it went to a year. No, three years. And then it goes to a year thing. But every time you go in, it's that not in your stomach. Like, Was he optimistic? Every time you went in? He always said the further you get, the, the better it is, right? Well, naturally, because you're becoming normal. But what is normal? Normal is in someone else's eyes. Me, I'm always not normal. I'm always thinking. You could try to think positive, but I'm always negative. I always have that in the back of my head. Like, any little pain I feel, is it that? Because a tingle. Uh, uh, but you weren't like that when you first went in there, though. You had a different no, mindset. No, yeah, completely different. But now I think it's age, too, right? So, and But at that time, it was that thing. Every time, it would be like a month before my checkup. Oh, babe, I think it's back. Like, I don't know. I don't feel good. And she'd be like, you're fine. 
like you're fine it's like your head and then you know i, I didn't want to eat or you know right and then is you go for the the checkup you do an x-ray okay you're all good oh man look at me you want to go for dinner let's go for dinner you know what i mean like just like that right so it's hard it's hard to deal with so you 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 relate to other things so i started drinking started picking up the wine and the wine was a relief didn't have to take meds wine was a nice relaxant right so glass of wine so i'm 24 years no beers no thing now i'm drinking beer and wine like a like a fiend i go <laughs> it didn't get me the first time so i'm gonna start drinking it now right like it's you know what i mean like it was that mindset it was a relaxing i didn't want to take meds i've had the meds you know what i mean so i went to the glass of wine glass or two you know what i mean it's a relaxing but we're jumping all over the place but it was that the kids and then he kept saying well you're gonna do it you better do it or else someone else will and i'm like hey relax the doctor the was doctor like he was, oh he yeah he's he was very he, he, <laughs> what is he, on, is he on tinder now yeah. or something like was he making matchmakers or he something? was he was he was the best like he was as upfront and as he was letting you know that everything is good exactly that's exactly his mindset it was like listen i could see the results i could like go for it like give her children get in there and i'm like we were at we were thinking i really don't want to go through the, that procedure yeah yeah no for I was sure like, i wanted kids naturally um and then it was like well go do a count i'm like why am i gonna go play with myself again and get you know bad news first of all every time you go to these places it's actually good looking women like my wife like they're good it's like why so you're gonna go in there and you're gonna go play with yourself in front of these people they know what you're doing you're a contractor you can build a house you can okay. play with yourself okay? <laughs> i just play with yourself who cares i built a house i can play with myself that's it just play with yourself but <laughs> it is so you go in there and it's you know a room and you know whatever you do your thing and i got my results a week later the count was good they said you had a football team in there i'm like wow how is that good so but then you're thinking how good is that football team like you start thinking because now you're you're seeing i saw a lot of stuff in that hospital like a lot of misery in the in the 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 clinic it's nothing but sadness there ain't no happiness it's sad it's sad and when you're in there you don't know outside you drive by the hospital you see cars it's when you're in there we don't know what's on the other side of those doors right so until it strikes home but um we uh finally we're like okay you know what whatever let's try for a family and we tried she got pregnant good and we're like great three weeks later miscarriage oh so we're like okay so i didn't even know about the first one mm, no i didn't no. even know no, she didn't even tell me about the first one and then we're like okay well i like practicing so let's try again and a little further along miscarriage oh really so we're like okay you know what that's it we're done she was getting pressured because she thought i wanted children she was feeling it it wasn't you getting pressured by everybody else from family, everybody you know, the else family, it was right? more everybody else because we were married for 10 years yeah and there was no kids no you know when is it going to be and it's like knowing what you just went through or what people you don't think through. and people don't keep quiet like it's that thing of you know when is it like what are you waiting for what's this what you know and it's like and it, it was going through that and after having people 
behind you and talking. Oh, it, 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 I think it was just too much for me. And uh, then I w- actually went to the doctor and I, and I asked her, I go, she goes, well, we don't really look into it after the third miscarriage. And she goes, just give your body a break. Just, just don't think about it. Don't. And I went home and I told the whole family because we didn't even tell the family that we had the miscarriages. And I told everybody, and, and I said to everybody, I do not want to hear anything about babies. I don't want to hear about having them. I don't want nothing. Like, I do not. I will ignore you. And Because um, you're dealing with something else again. We just dealt with me giving six months, and now you're dealing with miscarriages. It's like one thing after the other. And, like, people just didn't. No. get it right it's like and you know your neighbors are having kids families having kids and oh yeah like i <laughs> the same weekend that i had like the the time that i had the miscarriage we just we found out when our best friend his best friend had a baby was pregnant so and, it was like we, you know, tight lip right you just let it flow you know and you know it is what it is and and but it was a lot of pressure, and and that's when I just put my foot down, and I was like, I do not want to hear any anymore, and uh, and that's we lived our life. She goes, let your body rest, and uh, and I did. We I took holidays. We just went our day. Different different mindset. Like just let it be. It and is what it is. What will happen will happen. And uh, yeah, and, and actually, that, two months after, yeah. I was we, like we. we talked like you like, know you want to start yeah, you want to try like i'm like you want to you want to go for it again and she's like i am i'm like what do you mean how like, no like yes when, when no. yes yes <laughs> yes no i said okay let's you know oh see yeah what, so yeah we said okay we're gonna try again right and like let's go for it or whatever yeah but then that, we'll like, wait and we just uh, kind of talk like you know. and after yeah and, and then it was like okay you want to actually you know try to time it now or concentrate, whatever, you know what I mean? And she's like, I am. I'm like, what do you mean? How? And she yeah. goes, yeah, I'm already, I'm like, okay. I go, okay, everything's good. No construction in the house. Let's relax. Take it easy. Go on with life. And, you know, thankfully we had Michaela, our firstborn, naturally. Labor was crazy. This one, what she went through labor, it was, was not easy. So, you know, you're getting rocked by one, you're getting rocked by this, and then you have, it was like a, a full day, we had to get like the, what do you call it? The, the not the injections, the epidural. No? She, the epidural is what scared me the most with her because she started like shaking. And, and then you get all that news too because everybody knows what you went through. But let's let's put on the negatives onto the, you know, the epidural could do this to you and yeah. could do that to you. you could, so right away, you know, you're first born, you're going through this and, and you're freaking out. And then I had someone say, you know, my, my, my sister-in-law or my whatever, a paralyzed. And so I'm like, great. So then next thing you know, she's getting the epidural on first water break. She gets the epidural or whatever and her, her first push. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, she's doing the shakes and I'm like, what's the matter with you? And she's like, oh, I'm like, oh my God, here we go. Like, so the nerves are like through the roof. Uh, and we did the, and then it was six o'clock in the morning. We had got to the hospital at 10 o'clock the previous morning on the, on the 
Saturday morning. Yeah, 24 hours plus. Yeah, Saturday morning, we got there at 10 o'clock because they called saying, come in. And then we went in and they said, okay, you're staying. And it was, okay, it's today, Cinco de Mayo, you know? We're like, okay. And it was May 6th, 6 o'clock in the morning. And we're like, okay, we're parents. Like, baby came out. I was there delivering, helped the doctor and everything, cut the umbilical cord. And they take my daughter to the scale and I look over, I glance over, like, you know, she was a superwoman doing what she did. I look over and I see no motion from my daughter. And I see the nurse kind of like, and I'm like, and like right away, like my heart sunk. And then it was like, she gave just a little pat on the bum. And, she went, ah, and then she closed her eyes to go to sleep again. And I'm like, okay, she's here. Put her on my, my stomach and on my chest. And it was, you forgot about everything. It was, this is why God kept me here, was to bless me with this angel. And she was everything to us. It was, our life was so different, like so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, everything was dedicated to Michaela. And then, you know, got blessed with the second one, Selena. Same thing with the labor, same thing, trouble with the labor, but. You live life on. So now you have these two blessings and now on your mind, which I think about every day now is I'm providing for them. We're providing for them. My daughters are always very, they ask all the questions. They want to see this video. They, they, Dad, we want to see. They know we're very open with our, with our kids. They know everything we went through. They've seen pictures. They show and they, they understand. And they're grateful. That's why they are the way they are. They We're here. Daddy, so we get like a thousand I love you's before going to bed, a thousand hugs, you know what I mean? It's it's what brings joy to life. How old are they now? Ten and eight. Michaela's ten? Yeah. So yeah. it's been when you had the first one, did you guys hear the Portuguese goal? Uh, it's about time. Yeah, I was watching. Uh, it, it was so hard because I had my daughter at six o'clock in the morning. We got released from the hospital Monday morning after everything got checked out fine. And I got the call, bring the truck. We need you at work. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, she's just doing the breast uh, testing or whatever, the latching, Defeating, whatever. Yeah. And what do you mean? I got to go to work. Go yeah, to yeah. Work. We got to go to work. She has the baby. You could go to work. That's 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 life. I go, so I dropped her off at home, put the babe, put Michaela, dropped her off at home. I said, well, I got to go work. And I went down to work. And I worked all week, the week after, and every day since that. Right? Even superheroes have to go to work, man. 100%, right? <laughs> so, but it's, but it, uh, now it's, you talk about the, the awareness and all this stuff, it's, you deal with it every day. Like you look at someone and oh, they're great. They're fine. They're happy. You don't, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. That's why sometimes it's good to ask. But at the same time, it's better off if you just show, like bring a positive vibe to it. Like don't necessarily, like I, I, I didn't mean ask. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing great. I'm great all the time. I'm sitting here. I'm in pain. Nobody knows, right? She knows what I do at night. How much I ask her. Hey, can you massage this, babe? Can you rub this? Baby, if I'm this, I can't move. I can't, you know, I can't sit. She deals with it. All right? Tough. 
if it wasn't her, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, I owe everything to her. Like, she, everyone, sometimes they say, well, you know, she's very, I don't know. I go, you don't know what she knows, what she feels. I go, she's that way because she deals with me. Right? But around our children and me, it's a whole different thing. Like, it's affection. It's, it, you need the support system. You need, it's, it helps having the support system. So if you don't have a support system, that's why you reach out to like these foundations and the groups and you help everybody. And now she started to like she with her clothing line, like women with this COVID stuff, everybody was at home, scared, unmotivated, depressed. And she's like, I'm going to do something. And I'm like, well, you supported me all this time. I'm going to support you. I go, whatever you want to do, let's do it. Let's help you do it. And so now she's trying to push, you know, awareness to women and being, you want to speak? You can, you can <laughs> say it. Like, no, it's, uh, it's, it's hard because people don't, don't, you know, look at the supporter, like spouse or girlfriend or parent or whoever is helping the person that's sick. And, you know, they never... It's, I look back and it's, I, I never had anybody telling me, how are you? How are you doing? You know, and, and of course, like, it, your mind is not even there, like, when you go through all this, but it's, um, it, it's, it's nice to have someone, that's why I, I don't like talking this is the f actually the first time I actually talked about this. And it's hard. It's hard because never felt alone because you were, I was the, the person that, okay, let's go. You know, we, we got to do this. You got to do that. Don't think negative. Let's go. And you put a shield in front of you and you just live your day, day to day. But, and sometimes we need support too like we don't want you know someone to be like like how how you know it's not like doing stuff oh do you want me to do this or do you want me to do that or do you? no sometimes we just need a hug sometimes we just don't want to talk you know we just want someone to you know, just tell us it's going to be okay. And it's, that's why when someone is sick, I, I know that person is okay because they have the support. I always go to the person, the supporter, and say how you're doing. You know, everything will be okay. Do you need anything? Here's my number. If you need anything, just call. Yeah. You know, and that's like, that's enough. Yeah, that's what gets lost a lot is the person supporting. Because people don't don't see, you know, the person that's holding the bucket while that person's throwing up. Don't see, you know, that person getting up every five seconds to see if that, you know, the, the partner is okay and moving, you know, properly or getting up in the middle of the night. And it's just, we get, people forget about us. You know, and of course, like I can't even imagine 
the thought of someone going through treatments or any illness, you know, and it's, it's a fear. It's a fear I can't even imagine. You're always, you always have that fear in your head. And, but we also have that fear too. And I see life totally different. Like it's negativity I do not want in my life. And I just, it's, it's positive. It's just, you need positive and you need people that is positive around you. So. You both went through this and you both survived it. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, most But likely. people don't, don't see it that way. Yeah, that's, that's what we got to A lot of people that's, don't that's see that. That's how I see it yeah. right here. That's how I, that's you know. hearing it for the first time, that's how I see it. I know you've yeah. shared it a little bit. Yeah, of, yeah, I, don't, yeah I don't share off. No. Yeah, well, like I share when I, when I see someone like, so since I get calls all the time like so shortly after a good buddy of mine after i was we had michaela no we didn't have michaela yeah i think we yeah we had michaela i get the call saying uh can i come talk to you and i'm like yeah come by come by for a beer or whatever and it's like you know i have thyroid cancer and this is this was a a, a father of a friend of mine he didn't even go to his wife he didn't go to his children he came to me and i was like i appreciate that but now I got to relive everything again. But I'm going to do my best to give you the support to do it. And, you know, and first thing I told him, I go, well, I appreciate you talking to me. But you got to go tell your wife. And you got to go tell your children. Because they're the ones who are going to be there to help you. You're fine. You got the doctors. But you need them to help you. I go, I can give you links or whatever you need, like support. But just be prepared that you need the support system around you. If you don't have the support system around you, you're done. Are they afraid or are we afraid to offload that pain to them, to our loved ones? We'd rather just keep it for ourselves. Well, that's how I saw it. That's how I saw it. You I didn't want to I, burden I didn't, I didn't want to, I, like, like, I put on that strong face. I, I was young. I was, you know what I mean? I, but man, was I ever. I cried often. I beat myself in bed. Like I hated it. I was, I was at one point I was ready to give up. And this was after my surgery. Like after the surgery, I remember the nurses coming in. Nobody was there. Cause I'd sleep a lot of nights alone. Cause she was working. Um, the nights that she were, she was there. It was like, it wasn't even sleep. It was the machines always on clicking or, you know, the buzzer going, you need more fluid or I'm you know, throwing up or whatever. But the nights where I was alone watching that little seven inch screen there and I was like, you know, this is it. Like, this is where I'm going to end up. Like, this is, I'm ready. Like, it's done. Done. I was done. To be honest, I actually, today, I actually touched back and I actually looked up another gentleman that was, and I was so happy to see that he's still around. I'm actually going to reach out to him. So it was a, he was a, a lawyer and he had gone in, he was... And he had two kids. He had the kids there. Like he had a family already, and he got knocked with a, a jaw in the in the mouth. He had sarcoma, like in the jaw, in the mouth. And I was like, "Wow, I'm like wow!" And, he, and like he was trying to feed off my energy in there. And then you know our schedules got shifted, so we didn't get to hang out anymore or whatever, see each other. So you never knew. And then today, but his name always stuck in my head, uh, Joel Binder. Like, and he's a prominent lawyer. Like he's. So I today I was because we're gonna come talk about this. I said, you know what? I, I 
let me just see if I could see anything on them and get something positive. And it's updated news, 2022. He's a partner. He's doing great. Looks exactly the same. And I'm like, that's such a great sign. I go, Dr. Blackstein saved a lot of people. He's actually even uh, Kevin Frankish from BT. His brother was treated by Dr. Blackstein, but, yeah, didn't, yeah. but didn't survive. Like it was too late. That's the other thing. If you get checked out and it's early, you have hope. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we think three by nine was big, but it might have been early. It might have been fast kind of thing, right? It was stage two, I think, or stage three that he said. I can't, even, like, can't remember that. But it's checking yourself, knowing yourself. You've got to go in and check your, like, be your own doctor. You know how you feel. Now I'm having trouble with that. That's with this Movember thing. I'm trying to push the, you know, the Movember, the prostate checks and all that stuff. But I need it myself because you can, I'm always thinking, you know, I feel this way. What's going on? Anxiety. Is it anxiety though? Or is it something else? It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard, man. It's hard. But like, if I don't have her by my side, I'd be lost. I'd be lost, but she, uh, I don't know. We've, we've been through a lot. You know, I had my dad routine surgery for prostate removal. There was a risk there, yeah. Yeah. Well. And then they gave him hours to live. He was uh, 24 days in ICU. I think you need to give these doctors a new watch. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> it's, it's insane. But it's like, it's that second opinion too. Like if I just relied on that one. No, question it. Right. It, it, I, I, till this day, I don't know what made me persist. Just follow your gut. Yeah. That's it. It was, it was crazy. And then now, after the fact, you know, we've lost a lot of family members and friends to cancer. And then it's always that thing, well, why them? And how come I'm still here? Right? So that plays in my mind. And it plays over and over again. Like, yeah, I have my daughters now and my girls that I want to, you know, see walk down the aisle. I want to walk them down the aisle. That's my my goal, my push. You know what I mean? I want to be with her for many, many more years to come. But that's always in the back of your head. Or not even in the back. It's, it's, a, it's a rolling, it replays every day. And then, you know, oh, Gary's always happy. Gary's smiling. Gary helps this. Gary's working. Yeah, but Gary's not here. Gary's here, but he's not, right? And I could talk to I could talk to people or whatever, you know, go to a doctor or talk to her, but I still know who I am, like how I feel. All right. So that's what's when people are going through things or you see them or they've gone through it, like you gotta really be you gotta watch out. Like you gotta say, Okay, are you okay? Like hang out. Just hang out, man. There's like, a lot of people. There's a lot of Gary's out there, and there's also yeah. a lot of Gary's significant others out there that yeah. are staying quiet and probably don't even know how to handle it or how to communicate. Yeah. And oh, there's a lot of people that don't know how to handle a situation. Like I had, I had a friend that we met up, and she knew everything what I was going through, and she even said to me, she goes, "I did not know how to react towards you," and I'm like, oh, "Okay, thank you." Like it, 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 it's that thing of just a phone call, you know, and just, you don't know what to say. Don't say anything. Just say, I'm here. Yeah, come by. I had friends who say, you know what? I didn't want to see you in that state. I go, well, you know what? That's when I needed to be seen. <laughs> right. Cause hospitals I, are not my, my thing. Yeah. It's, 
it's yeah you hear it all man you hear, oh, you, you hear it all it's it, crazy like, it takes no effort to just send a text send a phone call that's it just to say what's up that's it that's it i got nothing to say i want to say but i got nothing to say yeah. I, I check on my buddies i check on buddies from the past buddies from now like you just check up that's it even on ig the community whatever you haven't seen a guy posting about hey everything okay that's all it takes man that's all it takes one little simple text an emoji that's all it takes it's, it's crazy how you you'll never forget who was there for you never never like you will i know i know dates i know times like i remember everything that went on yeah you're drugged up i remember i know exactly how many times people were there i know who showed up at the house it's all stuff that stays in my head and you could be with them you could be them in a group or whatever still be casual still be but i know i don't wish nothing on nobody there's only oh. one there's only one person that i wish something on only one but i don't wish stuff on nobody you only have one only one I have a few only ones. one <laughs> no. i only have one and that's you you mess with family i only have one so i could hang out with you be friendly whatever but i know you were there you weren't there i remember i don't say i I'm not going to do the same when it comes to you. You could have shown up and not said a single word, just a glance. That's it. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Just to That's show it. up and just have a glance. That's it. You couldn't see me at the hospital? Come by me at home. Wink I, I was at there me. three weeks. I don't That's care. It. Like just right. yeah. So it's it's sad. It's sad, but it, uh, to get to that. And that's where all these guys are like, you, you hear all these people out there, and it. I know where they've been. It hurts. Like, it hurts when you could see someone, like, they gave me a death sentence. Like, did I not mean anything to you? We hung out for, like, 10 years. We played sports together. You're, we're family. And you don't show up. Mm -hmm. I, had, I had, like, people send me stuff to the hospital, even to send stuff. I got people sent stuff to the hospital that I was blown away that they sent the stuff to me. Like, uh, whatever, flowers, uh, chocolates, whatever. It was just that little effort. I was like, wow, thank you. You know what I mean? I had, oh, it was crazy. The, the people that showed up to the hospital are the people that I never thought would ever show up. Right? And then the flip side of people that never showed up that you thought would have showed yeah. up. And it was the same thing at home, right? And the same thing at home. Did he ever, um, did he ever bring the limes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never brought the limes. Never brought the limes. <laughs> Never brought the limes. But they always used to come to my 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 for the food. Mm -hmm. I used to have. I'm sure the hospital food. smelled better. It was fantastic. Was typically it was smell, right? pizza nova, Swiss LA. Oh yeah, It was so good. It was. He he, you would f always find a way to oh, get. <laughs> I'd call. I'd call her brother. Hey, are you school? You're working. No, okay. so my mom can't make it because my mom was working Ordering down at King and Bay. So my mom would come bring stuff, or I, if nobody could come. There was an Uber. We sneak had to it in or deliver. not sneak it in? Just no, they bring it in. They bring it in. Oh, yeah, they bring it in. Yeah, It was like a lounge kind of thing, right? We had our four rooms. And, of course, everybody else in the in the clinic was, like, you know, upset kind of thing. because They could do it, too. They could have done it, but they didn't have that drive, right? They had the support. Family was always there with them. Like, you'd see, you know, the moms or the dads or the brothers or the husbands, whatever. But it was a different vibe. It was 
what cancer is. It's it is unfortunately it can be the death sentence, but we're far from that now. There's a lot of hold, like a lot of medication, a lot of hope, uh, a lot of research that has been done. That's why we got to support these foundations. Yeah, a lot of the money gets lost or put away or whatever, but. Are you, you're raising funds for Movember, no? I try to raise what I can. Yeah. yeah. Try to do what's it. your handle or what's the the website? Or no, I just donate on my own. We oh, didn't okay. do no handles this okay, year. Last right. year we did it with the, the bro loss, but this year it's uh, we're just trying to raise awareness. I do a donation. She does a donation on her behalf too. So we do the breast cancer. We do Princess Margaret. We do, we do our own donations now. This year we didn't do it because life has been busy. So the mustache is just really, yeah, you know what? Movember, I'm doing it. I go, my dad went through it. My mom got hit with breast cancer. Um, you know, so all these people, bam, 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 it's like, it's around. Uh, my mom did it alone during COVID, so that was hard. This is even harder. Mm-hmm. That was harder. And she's the rock of the, the family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now I'm dealing with, eh, your mom's okay, let's go to work. I go, but mom needs help. Mom's at home alone. She would come. She knew what to do. She had to go help her. She would... I'll get the groceries, right? Like it was, so she's living it again. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think I think that hit me the most. That hurt. Yeah, that was a that was the rough time. I th- I think that with your mom, I think it hit me the most because I was there when she got the news. Oh, I was doing your hair, and the doctor, and I was like, oh my god, are you kidding? And she's like, okay, let's what? What's our next step? So that's we're, it we're like reliving it again and Just go to work <laughs> that's pretty much our philosophy go to work right but uh yeah and she, and she had she just pulled. retired yeah she had retired because we got the the land with the shop now where we're at and you know she was ready to do gardening and play with the grandkids and everyone plans for this time later on in life yeah. And then this, and happens. that's when everything. Yeah. Just enjoy life. Yeah, every day. It doesn't yeah. matter yeah. what age or when you finish work or your retirement. Every day, live your life. Yeah. Like don't plan, don't plan, because planning, planning, yeah, last day. Just live it. That's it. Just live it. But easier said than done because we have bills, right? Well, that's the thing, and that's what always in the mindset too. But and it's not always about work. You gotta earn, it's right? You gotta earn. If you have a successful career or whatever and then you could enjoy right but when you're earning for children bills family it's hard you want to enjoy but we got family i mean we got bills yeah but work work is not number one no it's it's not it's not you know it's always going to be there and you just have to enjoy what you have in front of you you know then never forget what you have in front of you never never no everyone always gets stuck in the rat race and forgets what they have in front yes. of them. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. But it's, uh, we just can't. Yeah, no, one thing we, communication. If you talk to each other, talk to the people around you, but mostly your partner. If you talk, communicate, you can get through anything, leaps and bounds. And that's something we do every night. We'll talk. We, we go to bed. We try to go to bed. I remember my uncle before he passed another thing, uh, his wife was so upset that they had an argument the night before and you know and that was her biggest regret was that we he left this world in an argument and so that's something that i always tell her we will never go to bed in an argument because we don't know what tomorrow brings and we and we do that and we've done that we've been together for 
20 years. It's going to be 20 years that we've been married. And it's that thing. And we've had whatever. We, we've had our highs. We've had our lows. It's not. I want to say it's a perfect marriage. But a perfect marriage That's, is. There's no such thing. Yeah, there's no exactly. such thing. A perfect marriage. You have your highs. You have your lows. Yes. And you got to communicate, right? So, and we've done it, but it's talking. And yeah, okay. We have our days where it's like, oh, you, you know, you talk about this. But you got to communicate. You gotta talk to each other, and that's the key. That's that's, the key. that's what I've learned is and that's why what I say matters. That's her key slogan on her thing, yeah. and it was yeah, it is. I listen, and you must listen to who's talking, be male or female, dad, mom, whatever. Just listen. If you listen, you could go a long way. Right. So listen here to the podcast. It's great. <laughs> Absolutely great. <laughs> Thank you guys for, I oh. mean, that, that, that's tough. That was tough to just share that, right? I can only imagine. Yeah, uh, we share it every day. That's the, well, we live it every day. Yeah. Right, we live it every day. Like, so, but it was, it, it, it helps to talk though. It's nice uh, to get out there. And well, of talk. course, and you don't know who you're helping out there. And, you know, that person might be feeling a certain way and they think that it's not normal. It is normal. It's, it you're normal. human. You you're can, human. It's reach out to me. Anybody wants to talk, just reach out. I have no problem talking about it. It it is my healing. Like it's like I every time I'd go in for my checkup, uh, I'd go down to the nurse, go see the nurses, thank them. I'd go every Christmas and go bring them their gifts, and it was a family. And I'd go and I'd go talk to the patients in there, just like Jean did with me. It was something that I wanted to do and kept doing, and we did it. And even the most amazing day was when we brought Michaela. He was like, it's about time, right? Like, <laughs> beautiful. Like, that was, it was his baby as much as it was mine. Yeah. Right? And and that's what I said. I go, this is like your grandchild right here, buddy. I go, this is, thank you. I go, you gave life. And it was amazing. And he goes, all I want from you is a walnut table, a <laughs> walnut desk. <laughs> and I'm like, work. <laughs> right? Never got to do the walnut desk because, you know, patient doctor relationships you can't get a hold of or whatever you can't yeah, so he retired and he retired and i found out they did like some big ceremony for him because he was so well respected yeah and like i want i try i want to reach out but at the same time it's like that thing i don't know how he is you know what i mean like what he's gone through because i want my head nurse maria i have a feeling she's no longer with us because i got that vibe when i went in uh how old was she when she was in her 60s, 50s, oh. 50s, 50s. She was yeah, in the her last 50s. time we went, we kind of got the news that she we was diagnosed. Yeah, because so actually I got to speak with her from the hospital. I didn't get her number because I had one of the receptionists there. I was I was a different child. I was a different person, person in there. Uh, everybody knew who I was because I was that one oddball that was eating through chemo and being alive and so it was uh during uh, uh what's his name rob ford he was actually there getting treated the same room that i was in so it was the time that he was that he had passed there so he was in there and i had gone in and you can't get in there right uh, he was actually being treated and then i uh one of the receptionists there and i was like where's maria and she goes well, maria's not here and i'm like but i want to talk to her so, because I got the vibe, she had got it. Yeah. So, she goes, Gary, I'll call her. 
And I said, okay, good. So she put her on the phone. And I'm like, uh, Maria, what's going on? How is everything? First of all, she goes, uh, she goes, it got me. And I go, what do you mean it got you? She goes, I don't know how you guys put up with this shit. You were so strong. This stuff kills you. And I'm like, Maria, I go, you know how I got through it? I go, you in front of a mirror right now? I go, look at that person. That person got me through it. You can do it for yourself. And she's like, Gary, you're the best. Like, I love you. And I go, just stay strong. Look positive. Stay positive. You can do it. But we went back and there was like, I, I went back again for another another Christmas thing or whatever. And it was, I, they, it just gave me the vibe. Like, sh- staff had already started shifting. Yeah, it wasn't. So I, all the nurses people. that were already in there were nobody that I knew. Yeah. So it was like, okay, so I have gladly progressed out of there because I don't know nobody in there. So we kind of stopped doing the Christmas things because now it's like, hey, who's this guy coming in with gifts? Right before, it was like they knew Christmas time, that week of Christmas. I was always coming in with gifts of bearing, right? And then with the little one, it was so much fun. We'd go together. And, you know, the nurses were so happy. You know, I'd go to the 11th floor, and then the 12th floor, 11th floor was the where we'd get the chemo. 12th floor was the clinic. So I'd always do my rounds. And everybody has, you know, progressed from, from it, right? So, but uh, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Like, Anybody. It could be anybody. Anybody. It doesn't. Anybody. So, not to be downer, but this, no. is, this is what... Uh, it's, no. This is real. This is life. It's reality. This is what happens. It's just yeah. everyone just forgets that yeah. we get stuck. Yeah. Like we mm-hmm. see all these foundations and everyone goes, ah, they want money again. They want money. You know what? They need it. You will need it. When I was in there, I was called a million dollar patient. My oncologist used to say, you're my million dollar patient. And I had never donated to a cause before like that. I didn't know about it. You know, we, we didn't. Like, it was like, you know, cancer, gone. And now we do it every year. I donate every year because someone else's donation is what saved me. Those meds were coming in high and steady. And it's what kept me here. Right? So you got to donate. Like, donate. Talk. Yeah. It's, it's important. It's... Uh it could be knocking at your door. Yeah. And you might need that help. And it's it's always good to have, you know, foundation or it's it's very important. Yeah. We all gotta you know, we all gotta live life, right? Like I said, if you wanna call or reach out, I'm here to talk to talk. talk. There's plenty of people going right? through this or other Everybody, things, all yeah. kinds of stuff. Everybody going feels on sheltered that they're alone. Yeah, oh, you're not alone, man. We're all out here. We're all out here, and we always have our phones in our hand. We could always yeah. answer, right? And uh, you know, you know, I try to bounce off these, you know, quotes of the morning or whatever. Just you know, stuff that just pops up in my head. But it's stuff that I think about myself. Like if I say it or if I type it, maybe I'll you know think about it also, kind of thing. And yeah, it 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 helps. It works. I get a lot of feedback from it. But then it becomes exhausting because it's like, hey, you didn't post nothing today. I'm like, ah, I'm not feeling that kind of day today. There's right? a life outside of my... Yeah, like mm-hmm. I leave the house at 5. Yeah, We're on site by 6.30. So I have a little window. I'm not closing my eyes and having my coffee to type something. Because when I'm on site, then the old man is like, hey, gotta work. Yeah, gotta work. Go to work. Go to work. Come home. I got the children. I got the wife. 
help out at home. Second job. Second job. Third job. Yeah. Fourth job. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go to bed, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. The best job. The best job. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, because then now you got the kids coming to daddy. I don't know. You guys are married. I'm yeah. not married. <laughs> you're good. Yeah, you're good. You're good. But I want to thank you guys so much for oh, sharing. Honestly. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a little bit different kind of show. And I, I know that uh, it was actually funny enough as Carlitos the one that first brought it up and then suggested it. And then I asked you, and then you were more than willing to do it. And then yeah. you brought on Carrie, which is amazing. Thank you. And so thank you. And, and I, I'm pretty sure someone is listening, more than someone is listening. And it's it's connecting with them. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, you're not alone. That's no. the message. You're not alone. We're human. It's uh, it's normal if, you know, you cry your eyes out or and you put a, a shield in front of you just to get on your with your day it's it's normal it's normal yeah don't beat up yourself on it no like that no. like as i said her being with that shield is what helped me because i felt like she's okay with it like I'm, she's okay then she's getting news that i don't know about so that means i'm okay i can keep going but it's were, it's hard it's 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 not easy yeah. like there was yeah. times like he was down and i was like snap out of it yeah. that's what i used to tell him snap out of it like enough is enough and let's go. Yeah. And I'm, get, I'm getting just hearing you say that to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and but there was mornings that I would be driving to work and I had to park on the side and there was a time that I bawled my eyes out. And you know, and it came to a point that I I did I I just prayed. I I, I didn't know what to do anymore. You know, and I, I just asked. I just want more time with him. I just want more time with him. And I guess someone was listening. And yep. that's it. And you just go on with your day. It's, it's, that's why it's, uh, when I came out with my line, it's, you can't judge a person of what they show. Like, you don't know. Everybody has a story. Everybody has, you know. And uh, you just can't be judgmental of nobody. And you just, you know, just be happy, just be positive, just, just look at that person, and you know, just a lot of times I'll be like, oh, that could be me, that could be me, yeah. you know, or and was uh, and that's why it's it's, I just put, I, I just surround myself with strong women, strong people, and I think that's what gets me through it. We all need that. Yeah. We do. Thank you, guys. No, Everybody, thank you. you want to reach out? So, Gary Mayer's Mayor's Car- Carpentry, Mayor's Carpentry at Mayor's Carpentry, yeah. and then Carrie Mayer, yeah. uh, Mystical Clothing and Apparel, and Clothing Mystical at gmail.com, mystical.ca. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you, Angelina. For having thank you, Angelina. us. Thank you very much.